0: Happy Thursday, friends, and welcome to our first ever Theological Thursday podcast episode. I'm super excited to be starting this um, kind of deep discussion with you guys. And its I think it's going to be wonderful that we can have this opportunity to dive into God's word even deeper so that we can focus on that on Thursday. And even though we will be diving into the Bible on Sundays, it's just going to be different because we're talking about politics. So to, stand, this chase, find, and to celebrate the launch of this podcast episode series, I wanted to ask you guys your ideas about what you all wanted to hear from me, what y'all wanted to hear from the Bible. And so the one that I got from actually my cousin um, who is really has um, focused on the Bible um, going into his senior year. And I think that his life is a true testament to um, God's unfailing faithfulness. And so he asked that, how do we conform to biblical Um, standards instead of conforming to our own cultural ways and so this is something that our culture is going to experience going forward um, and also right now too but mainly as we move forward as we see our um, technology progress as we see our churches evolve into something that we are seeing now as built-up churches or planting home churches, different things like that. We are going to be looking about the ways that we can um, stay true to what the Bible says to be in our culture and how we are supposed to react to the culture and then live in a way that is honoring to God. And so I want to read you a Bible verse really quickly that says, it's from Romans 12, 2, and it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so, as it says in the beginning, do not conform to this world. When you break down a verse or a passage um, or book, if you're going through a book series, you want to go word by word, phrase by phrase. You don't want to miss anything because every word that is written down in the Bible is truth. And we need to know that. And also, when we know that the Bible... The whole word is inerrant and true, which means inerrant means without fault. And so when we acknowledge that, we want to be careful to know that every single word has a meaning because when we translate it, we do not want to have any errancy. So it is something that we need to be careful of. And then when we read Bible studies and things like that, we want to be aware of that as well. That God's word is being um, put into our lives accurately and it is reflecting the truth of the word, not our own feelings or the feelings of others. Because as we know, feelings are faulty and God is only the only perfect and um, constant person that can give us truth. So as we look at Romans twelve two at the beginning, it says, do not be conformed to this world. And I think that's pretty straightforward. It means do not be pressed into this world. Do not um, conform means behaving accordingly to social acceptable standards. And so when we behave, as it says, we do not want to behave in the way that our society is behaving. As we know, um, Jesus was different. That's how he drew a crowd, I believe. I believe that he was different from the world and he set a standard. And then also when God was making the Jewish people, the Israelites, his people, he was setting them apart. He says that in in Exodus 19.6, it says, and you shall be to me a kingdom, a priest, and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak Speak of the people of Israel. And so he is talking about how he is going to set apart the holy nation of Israel, his people. He wants them to be set apart. And so as we see in the Old Testament, we want to be set apart, we want to be cleaned, we want to be renewed and renewed in the standards of um being sanctified and so when we accept christ to be our lord and savior we then go on to the process of sanctification where we're becoming more and more and more like christ until perfect sanctification we're when we are re- reunited with christ and we get to sit um and we get to praise him forever and so um we go on in romans 12 2 and says but be transformed by the renewal of your mind as we just discussed We want to be in a constant state of bringing in truth into our lives because I posted something on Instagram the other day that talked about how we cannot go on into any other relationships until we know what a relationship with God is like because that's the same thing with friendships the same thing with um, significant other relationships we have to know we have to seek first God and then others come next because we do not know how as humans to treat others without having a model and what other model is perfect than Jesus or God and so um I think that we need to put God first And, um, that's what it means by the renewal of your mind. You need to be in a constant state of either in prayer or, um, reading your Bible. And if you find that hard, I believe that that is a heart thing. Um, I had a problem, I think in, uh, middle school where I just, I could not get into the Bible and I felt... Anxious At that time, I think I um, just kind of fell away from my community. And so if you feel that way, connect with someone, if you trust them and tell them, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And then hopefully, if that is someone who can spit truth back into your life from the Bible, they will do that. And then you will um, get back into the routine of trying to figure out How is my day going to be better when I put truth into my life? And by that, I mean taking time to pray, taking time to read God's word, um, doing a short devotional that includes the Bible. I stress that um, to my followers on Instagram that when you read a devotional, it should have a lot more of the Bible than what other people say. So make sure that's happening. And so as we continue to break down this verse... It continues to say that by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God. And so testing is going to happen in your life. It, it's just inevitable and it's going to happen. And by that testing, we will be able to discern what the will of God is. And so it continues to say what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so when we going back, we're not conformed to the world and we're being transformed by the renewal of our mind, we're being, um, constant in the word of God, then we can address today's standards and today's, um, societal pressures and say, Hey, this is what the Bible says. And this is how I'm going to react to it. Like if, um, the Bible says, do not get, do not drink to get drunk, then we know that I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to get drunk. It, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of black and white there where it's, um, God, or our temples are, our bodies are a temple. Sorry guys. <laughs> our bodies are a temple. We, we respect that and we take good care of our bodies. We put, um, natural things in our bodies that god has created because god didn't just create us to live on the earth to be meaningless no he created us all with a specific purpose and then all together we contribute to the great commission where we can spread the will of god and we can um, spread his good news so i think that's a really great verse to and it also is applicable to everyday life where we can Um, read that verse and be like, okay, I'm not going to conform today. I'm going to be transformed and I'm going to um, do what is good and acceptable and perfect in the eyes of God. And I know that um, human nature is to sin. We all are born with a sin nature. And so yes, we are going to mess up. Like it says in Romans, Paul talks about how we try to do good, but we can't because we are not as perfect as Jesus, and that is okay, because that's the reason why he died on the cross for us, and that's why we accept that, because um, we are not okay, and we are broken people, and that's why Jesus is the perfect way. So that verse really breaks down how we can be reactive to our society. But then again, in First John 2:15 through 17, it talks about, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possession is not from the Father, but it is in the world." And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Wow. Like, wow. That's a crazy verse. Like, let's, let's break that down, friends. Wow. Like, wow. This verse is crazy. And let's, let's dive into it. So, First John 2, it talks about um, the first part. Do not love the world or the things in this world. Well, that seems like the first verse where it is talking specifically about an instruction that God has given us about do not love the things of this world. And this might look like for you that if someone asks you to do something like, let's say, um, they ask you to go and hang out or be at a party one night, but you know that something's going to go on there that is not going to be God honoring. That might be your chance to say, hey, this is. Is why I can't go, and these are the reasons. And you don't have to be in a way of, and that will give you an opportunity to talk about why that is so important to you, and maybe that will put a light bulb out in that person's head, saying, "Hey, maybe she's different. She's following Jesus. How is this different, and how is this bringing joy to her that I do not have?" And maybe that's a testament to yourself that. Jesus does change people's lives through your story. Then it says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So again, that adds on to the first part where it says, um, do not love the things of this world. So it gives the commandment and then it gives the application where it's like, if you do love the world, then the love of the Father is not in you. So that is pretty scary. Like, how do you know that you're not loving the world? Well, we know that by the Bible. If you read the Bible and it says, do not get, or again, do not drink to get drunk, then you know that if you're drinking, then you're probably not following God's commandments. And I mean, drinking is not a sin, but, um, being drunk and drunkenness in the Bible is a sin. And so the love of the Father is not in you. And so, What it means by that specifically is that when you are drunk, there is no possible way that you are going to spread the love of God. You're not going to bring out the Great Commission because you are unable to, (laughs) because you are drunk. And so that's just an analogy of how this applies because it does sound scary, but it makes sense because if you are doing things that are going with the world, then it's not um, reflecting Christ. And so, It says going forward, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. So it is giving you some uh, examples of what the world, does the desires of the world look like. It looks like um, the desires of flesh, the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions. And so those are of the world, those are not of the Father. And when we take pride in our lives and we take pride in our, um, who we are, what we're doing in our career, our families, even though those are beautiful things that God has given us, we should, take, we should give all the credit to God. We shouldn't take it for ourselves. And so um, it is the blessings that you have are from the Father and not the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. So it is saying that the world is going to go away someday. God says that, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And so our lives go, like, go by like that. And so it is gone before we know it. And for me, honestly, I'll give you my opinion. That's okay with me because I am so looking forward to my second life, my life, that I get to praise Jesus, and there's not going to be any more sorrow and no more pain, and um, I want to do all I can here before I get there, because I want to have a purpose here, so I hope that that is your desire as well, and then ending this verse, it says, but whoever does the will of God abides forever, and that kind of sums it up, saying that Even though the world is passing, if you pursue the will of God, you're going to abide forever. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, that He died and rose on the third day for your sins, you have accepted that He has died for your sins and that He is coming back again to get you. And so when we do that, we are looking forward to the second coming, but we are also um, doing that in... Sorry, guys. We are doing that in um, anxiously waiting for his arrival, but also doing that in love and sharing the gospel as well. So let's just have a discussion. Now that we went through a few verses, now that we know kind of what we are expected of of um, not following the world, let's talk about a few examples of what following the world looks like and then also how we are supposed to respond Something that is simple that we can talk about is TV, Um, entertainment media, basically. And so (laughs) you're probably thinking in your head, where are you going, Anna, with this? But as you know, if you click on a show that's probably not PG, it's like a higher rating, like PG-13, right? And this can be a movie, this can be a TV show. We have encountered these things where there starts to become um, crude humor or language that is not something that we want to be hearing or using. There could be different scenes, just a way that the media and entertainment has found to capture the world's attention, to capture teenagers, or to capture the um, attention span of an adult. They know to use things like that, but is it something that we should be watching or participating in as a Christian. And this doesn't mean that you can't watch anything at all because there's awesome places like Pure Flicks or I know that Philo has amazing things that are like cooking shows, different things like that, that are innocent and just fun and entertaining. Those things are great and something that can pass the time. And so it's like a way to pass the time, right? And so Those things are fine, but what happens when we turn on a show and it has things that we in our heart deep down know that are just wrong? So, what it that as that example, what do we do as the world? And so, this could be applied to situations like when I was in middle school where I would go over to a friend's house and They would turn on the TV and it would be something that I wouldn't watch at home, but they're watching here. So what do you do? One thing is you could speak up. You could say like in John 17, 14 through 16, it says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so, basically, applying this verse, you could say, hey, I'm not watching this movie, and this is the reason why I don't think you should either, in a nice way. And we do these confrontational, this, these confront, uh, (laughs) Or we confront our friends, that's a better way of saying it. We confront our friends, our family, different things like that, our social group, in a kind and loving way so that it is something that is like, well, this is what I believe in and here's my logic behind it. And they don't have to accept it. It's just your way of standing up to saying, I'm not going to do this. And that's okay, that's called a conviction. And those things are beautiful things that build up character and they build up your relationship with God. It determines whether you are going to hear the Holy Spirit out or if you're going to continue to live your life. And so those convictions can help you to understand that if you go over to a friend's house and they're playing a movie or show that just has different things that you do not think is God-honoring, you could say, hey, I'm not going to watch this and then walk into the other room. If it escalates from there, I honestly think calling a parent would be a great idea. Um, But that's just a, um, that's one thing you can do with just that example. And if it's just with one friend, you could be like, hey, let's watch something else. Or this great cooking show, you could defer of it. And then maybe later go into conversation of why you did that. And so that's a way that we can turn away from the world and focus our eyes on something that is God honoring. One more example that I'm going to give you as we discuss this is let's talk about pride. So pride is something that comes from being self-centered and thinking of yourself instead of being grateful of what God has given you. And so how do we combat this? How do we say, hey I'm not going to be of the world, I'm not going to be prideful, but I'm going to look of, uh, I'm going to look and see how I can affect other people's lives instead of focusing inward. And I think that's um, easy, an easy thing to do, looking inward, looking at yourself, being consumed with um, self-love, different things like that. The self-love movement, I could go into that, but I, I don't think I will. Um, but pride mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. that we see all over um, our world. So how do we... Talk about it. How do we um, deal with it? So when we talk about pride, we can look at Proverbs eleven two, and it says, "When pride comes, then comes disgrace." So basically, it's saying when pride comes, then comes disgrace. <laughs> that, that's basically what it says, and it's kind of straightforward. Again, when it says, um, it says it gives you the topic, and then it applies it where it says comes grace and, or disgrace. Sorry, and so it goes on to say, but with the humble is wisdom. And so when we look at this, we can see, well, when I'm prideful, I'm going to look disgraceful to the world, to God, to myself. Like everyone's just going to know that I am a mess. Right. And that's okay. Um, because ultimately when we're prideful, we show our vulnerability, if we want to say that, um, and so when we're humble, we can show wisdom because when we seek God and we seek others and how to serve them first, then we can learn from it. We can learn when we are quiet and we're listening for God. And so when we're prideful, we're listening to our own thoughts, our own um, ways we want to do different things we get anxious and so that does not bring wisdom right and so proverbs 16 18 also says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall and so it's talking about how pride leads to nothing good it leads to destruction it leads to a life of unhappiness we can apply that into our time it can lead to unhappiness, and so even though we don't want to be happy, happy is a fleeting feeling. We want to be joyful, right? And so um, we don't want to feel um, defeated. So we go back and we say, "What's the opposite of pride?" Well, it's being humble. It's looking to serve others and um, to listen to how God can um, develop my character. So we do that and. We develop wisdom. We develop a um, character of someone who is going to put down their plans and then help you before they help themselves. And that's something beautiful. It shows God's um, love and his mercy when you do that. And I acknowledge that this is a very hard thing. I can be prideful a lot. And so when I'm prideful, I try to stop myself. Not all the time does it happen because I am human. But I want to strive for a humble and patient um, character or character trait, shall I say. And so that's something we can pray for if it comes as a hard, um, if it's not a strength, it's going to be a weakness, right? So if it's a weakness for you, pray about it. And if you need someone else to help you pray for it, don't be prideful. (laughs) Hint, hint. And ask them to pray for you because when we pray on it, uh, then the Holy Spirit's going to work in your life, and that's when, again, sanctification. We are constantly growing to be more like Christ's perfect sanctification, and so that is what happens. And so that basically, with our examples, we see how the world acts, and then we take that and we apply it to how can we respond. And so those are some ways um you can do that with anything you set it up you look at it what is the bad thing and how is this going to lead my life into destruction and then if i pray or read the bible if i find out how god um, addressed this or the people of israel address this we can figure out how to change to be a god honoring people so I had really I had a really good time talking about this honestly. This is something that I see in my own culture and I think a lot of teenagers see this in their culture, probably adults too. It's something that comes up that we are conforming to the world's standards and it's something that i believe christians should be careful of because we do have a reputation to uphold um i know a lot of people try to press progressive christianity that says the church is going to fail you and um you can only love yourself well that's not true because our when we rely on ourselves then we're just going to be in a pit honestly because I was a mess before I um, believed in Jesus, and so He is the only one who can turn your life around. And so that is something to acknowledge. And then when you see either your church, your community uh, group, fall into a sin or a temptation, it is our jobs to bring that out into the light, and then. Um, address it so that we can get back on track of being sanctified in Christ so that we become a better and glorified body of believers. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Theological Thursday. I hope it was helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me and then I will do my best to send you a verse, try to talk with you about it because I know I probably didn't get to every single thing you probably wanted me to talk about but I would love to go in depth next week if you want me to continue this but then we will start a new topic either next week or the week after that and I'm so excited that this has become a thing and I'm really excited to dive in the uh, truth of God's word with you guys and it's going to be really cool to see how he uses this for his glory. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and um, make good choices. Bye guys.